I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey, this is, uh, this is Jesse Fleming and you're listening to Rebel Radio here at Coachella. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What do you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. Hey, what's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. We're coming at you this week with the first of three episodes recorded live on the field at Coachella. We were at Coachella Weekend 2 and scored some press passes. Uh, we were able to get backstage with the artists and, and performers um, and sit down and do some quick interviews. They're not quite as long as our usual shows, but we were on the run. You'll definitely hear some background noise, maybe some bass thumping from Coachella. It's loud out there if you've never been. Uh, if you didn't know, Coachella is my favorite music festival in the world. I, I love everything about it. We can, you know, we can have coffee and I'll tell you all about why Coachella is so great, but I'm really excited to be coming at you live from there. First up is going to be my man Jesse Fleming. He's the founder of Doolab. Uh, if you don't know the Doolab, they throw great events, um, including the Lightning in a Bottle Festival, uh, which some people say is kind of like a mini Burning Man. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I have a feeling it's a great one. Uh, and they also do the Doolab stage at Coachella, which is, which is one of my favorite parts of the Coachella Festival. It's just a great vibe, great music, and uh, a really cool place to be. Jesse's got some great lessons. Did I, did I say great enough? Um, he's got some cool lessons from backstage at the Doolab stage. Um, talking about just doing it for the love, how he and his two brothers got started, uh, really just trying to do something that they, they were passionate about and really built an amazing business for themselves. Um, he, he talks about how they run it like a family and the upside and downside of that. There's definitely a cost to uh, running their business that way, but, but uh, those are the choices we make. And he kind of tells us what it's like to question the mission that his company gets more successful every year and his brothers and he 
Got to keep figuring out if, if that's what they want to do. Really good stuff in this episode. I'm, I'm so happy with the way it came out. We're going to get into it right after our EDM.com track of the week here. To the way that you walk Butterflies are in my stomach And the weight in the talk to you was the edm.com track of the week that was huntable it's hvn n-i-b-l uh so however that's pronounced the track's called mutual it's a great track and if you liked it get over to edm.com and check out some more great music for now let's get into this interview with jesse fleming thanks for making time man i know it's uh a lot going on this weekend, so yeah, my appreciate it, absolutely. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. I gotta confess, I've been coming to Coachella since the beginning, and last year somehow I discovered the Doolab stage. I don't know. I'm since like, the very beginning you've been coming? Yeah, so we, we worked uh, we worked on Coachella at the beginning. Yeah. I had a street team company that, that they used to promote the show the first couple of years until they didn't need street teams anymore. Yeah. And then I produced the... Uh, like the official after party for a couple years nice. until they decided they didn't need after parties anymore yeah smartly um so i go way back with those guys and yeah i've been coming you know it, it, you know i bring the family now it's my son's fifth coachella wow uh nice so, so somehow i missed the do lab stage like that's i don't know where you I, I, I don't know where you've been if you missed it because like it was smack dab in the middle for I, 10 years i'm embarrassed to say like <laughs> uh, but i had a great time like I came with Leyu and hung yeah, out with him nice. and, and, uh, cool. and loved it. like to get into um, just a little bit about kind of how you how you got to this point and like what what was the um, what led you into this business in the first place for us I think it was we just wanted to create things you know we woke up every day and we're like what can we create and, yeah. and my twin brother Josh always had a lot of crazy design ideas for sculptures and installations and things and 
you know, we would just rally ourselves and rally our friends and be like, let's just go build this stuff. So the whole business was kind of formed around creating an opportunity for us to just do what we want, which is just create and, and build. That's so cool. Like, um, you know, just the paths that it, that, that it must have taken you down. We've gone down a million paths. I and mean, in the very beginning, the business really had no vision. We didn't really know what we did. So we would do lighting jobs and decor jobs, and we would do odds and ends and random things. Anything to get a couple bucks to help. So you didn't set out to create a music festival? No, we never. You know, we started doing. Uh, we started doing lightning in a bottle maybe 15 years ago as a birthday party, and it was only 150 people. But at the time, nobody imagined it would become what it is. We yeah. never thought it was going to be a big music festival. And it wasn't even the goal. It was just, we were just doing it for fun. We'd love to do it with our friends. Hey, don't forget to support Blue Apron. Blue Apron is a sponsor of the Rebel Radio Show. We got Blue Apron delivered to the house now every week. It's, um, it's great, delicious, healthy meals. They do all the prep for you. You just throw it in the oven or cook it up and, and have a wonderful meal with the family. Make sure you hit up Blue Apron if you like it. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Is there a point where you, the three of you, kind of realize that this is your business and you're, and you're, you know, that you can make a living doing this? I mean, there was, I remember one moment when Josh and I, my twin, were standing on this field here at Coachella. I've been to every single Coachella except for the first one yeah. also, so, you know, before we started doing the Doolab thing, we stood on this field and we we're like, we could do this. Like, this is what we could be doing with our lives. And we were, we kind of like just committed at that moment. Yeah. We we're like, this is what we want to do. And, yeah. and I think from there, it just, you know, subconsciously started to unfold and happen. It wasn't like we didn't make a game plan and start to make it happen. Our, everything we've done has always been like this organic growth process. There was never a plan. There's still no real plan. Like, you know, like, okay, what are we going to do next year? Yeah. There's no two years or three years. Right. We're not really, we're so busy in the now trying to just get through what we've, what like we've bit off that we don't think that far ahead, but uh, it's been an organic growth process and we're just kind of, every day we do what we feel like is the right thing to do and this is kind of where it's led. Yeah. So it's, That's, what an amazing way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there is no, what we do specifically, there's no path you can follow. Right. There's nobody else that's doing it that we can really look up to. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's event promoters and festival promoters, but the combination of of the art and the structures and the performance and the the workshops and everything else that we kind of do, it's we're kind of paving that way. So it's we've been carving that path ourselves and uh, just trying to figure it out as we go along. I mean, it's cool to hear you say that. I, I, my my guest last week actually was Kevin Lyman. He's the founder of Warp Tour, and I'm a huge fan of his and, and what he's built. And I asked him something about, um, you know, he was talking about how the, the festival, he called it Festival Bubble, right? That there's just so many festivals going on right now. And um, I asked him, what did he wish that all these young festival promoters knew? And he said, kind of what you just said, that, like, take your time and build your brand, build the thing that's special about what you do. And don't just like bite off everybody else. Yeah, I mean, a lot of we're seeing it now, and you know, we're we're flattered. It's cool to see a lot of smaller events kind of use our formula. Sure. And we're constantly trying to change to so we don't look like everything else that's popping up. Yeah. 
And it's really challenging to try and stay different, especially when you've been different for so long and all of a sudden you're not different anymore because everybody's doing it. So what's an example of, of a change like that? Well, we're trying to create, you know, Lighting in a Bottle, we're trying to create a lot of new areas and interesting uh, places for people to congregate. We call them interactive areas, for lack of a better term. Uh, but just what we try and do is mash up ideas and, and create these small, intimate environments where uh, human interaction can take place. You know, we're trying to get people away from big stages and try and get them down, strip everything away, and get people face to face where you're going to meet a stranger yeah. and you're going to make a lifelong bond potentially, you know, or meet your future wife or husband or yeah. just best friends. And is it that for like we get so much feedback and that's the exciting stuff for us? Like people that their lives are changed and they met their best friend or they met their wife. Or, yeah. All those things. So I know the, the community, you know, is a big part of what you guys do and, and, and what drives that. Um, so how do you decide what feedback to listen to, you know, and what to kind of keep internal? You mean feedback from people? Yeah. I mean, you can't really decide what to listen to or not. Like, once you hear it or once you read it, it affects you. You know, when I read yeah. a negative comment, it bums me the fuck out. Sure. Even if I read a thousand amazing comments, that one comment, that yeah. one punk ass kid that's like snarky or saying <laughs> some some shit, uh, yeah. that's what really like grabs me. And only because I want that kid to be happy. Right. You know, like I want to figure out how to get that guy and have him realize, like, uh, you know, wow, this is actually this is really cool. So yeah. I don't think you can pick and choose what feedback, but. Um, it all affects us, um, yeah. but the positive stuff. I mean, the people we get so many uh, people that are inspired, blown away, lives changed, and mm -hmm. the same way that you know Coachella changed our lives when we were young, or Burning Man sure. changed our lives, and yeah. now what we do is still enough for a lot of other people. And I think through all the trials and tribulations and all the struggle, you know, that makes it worth it in the end for us because. If we're not, you know, the, this was never about money for us. Even mm -hmm. in the beginning, it was, it was always about creating. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole thing is a platform so we could just create things. And now it's more of a platform so we can reach people and inspire young people, which I think that they need it. I mean, Coachella's yeah. amazing for what it is, but you know, it's still it's very it's a corporate festival. Sure. You know, yeah. I don't think that people are getting the the most amazing experience that they could be getting out there so talk about that a little bit because you know you're here you know you've got kind of your own thing but you're in the context of, of Coachella right which is the you know it's one of the world's biggest stages if you will um, why is that a good idea for you and why is it a good idea for Coachella I mean for Coachella I think it's a good idea because it, it I think it, it, it helps them tap into the underground and tap into something that they're not already tapping into. I mean, their lineup is huge and it's diverse and they're, they're hitting a lot of different genres, but what we bring to the table is, is something totally different and it's really hard to understand. You know, so unless you're in it or it's like a part of your life, you know, I don't think that Paul Tillette and the rest of the people that are running the show could necessarily dive into the underground sure. and put it together. Sure. So I think for them, it, it really works. and. Uh, you know, I think they're pretty stoked about it. For us, in the early years when we were younger, it was just a lot of fun, and it really helped us reach more people. Every year we reached thousands of people out here that otherwise wouldn't know about the Dew Lab or Lighting in a Bottle. And, yeah. 
it allows us to find the ones that are really searching for something more than they're offering here and, and kind of bring them to LIB. Um, so it's been good for us in a lot of ways for a long time, but I'll tell you what, we're, you know, we're struggling with a little bit. It's, it's hard to, like the party that's going on out there and the, the kids, the scene out there, it's not, it's not where our heart's at. Right. You know, it's not what we started doing this for and it's, it's hard every day to be like, okay, well we're going to throw this raging party again for all these privileged kids. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, the rest of the world is struggling and there's all this crazy shit going on. It's, I have, I'm really struggling with, like, what are we, what are we doing this for? Yeah. Like, what's the real point here? I mean, I've seen in other interviews you talk about um, kind of evolving what you do beyond sort of parties. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think we're still, like, these are just conversations we're having now and it's something that I'm feeling really strongly where I can't, I can't ignore it much longer I'm not ignoring it but yeah uh, you know LIB is a start like we're, we're definitely trying to branch out with more a lot of educational components we really want our festival to be you know the music's a big part of it but we really want people to come and, and learn yeah. you know we want education to be exciting and have people come and get involved in, in different organizations and kind of get involved in activism and, and try and get out there in the world not just tune out all the time which is what people generally like to do. Sure. So I, I think in the near future, hopefully, we're gonna, you know, launch some new programs and try and use the the power that we have with our audience to to get people involved and get people out there to do some really good things in the world. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that is. Yeah, but that's sure. like that's where it's going. Right. I just I personally need a little bit of downtime to 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 focus. You know, like we're like sure. we're just from one to the other. We don't really get to think. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we, that's the challenge of production, right? It's show day is coming, right? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, our whole team is out there in those offices producing our festival, which is in you know a month. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy to be here doing this, hosting a huge party, but right. also simultaneously producing and building in our shop. Like I said, like yeah. there's you know probably 20 people back there cranking away day and night. And so yeah. It's, it's a lot like we, we've gotten to a point where we bite off a lot mm-hmm. you know we're like oh we can do all this stuff and then once we start to do it we're like holy shit what do we do to ourselves but we'll get through it yeah. you know and then we'll, we'll rest for two weeks and we'll be like we're never gonna do this again fuck this shit and then two weeks later we'll be like, like do it. yeah we just yeah. do it again every year it's like That's we great. say we're never gonna do it again like, we're done with Coachella fuck this we're never doing it again yeah. and then like a month later we're just like alright we'll do it <laughs> It's hard, you know. We just once you get the rest, we can't we can't help ourselves. How do you and your brothers kind of help each other through that? Or how do you like? What, tell me about the partnership. It's uh, it's it's really interesting. It works really well because the three of us all have like our, our own unique skill sets. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm more of a music guy and a content curator. You know, like I like to I read a lot of books. I like to think about speakers and workshops and talks and, and music, especially. Josh, my twin, is an amazing designer, so all the structures, stages, all yeah. the artwork, design elements, that's kind of his domain. And Dee Dee is definitely more of like the uh, uh, logistical-minded um, 
you know, he, we can send him into the most serious meetings surrounded by police and fire officers and yeah. CHP and counties, and he can sit in those meetings and he can just charm everybody at the table and and deal with all the really crazy stuff that Josh yeah. and I are like we we're like we can't do that we'd be in there swearing and cursing and storming out but yeah so it works really well we complement each other well and uh, you know so we all and we trust each other we're each gonna handle our own shit so sometimes if somebody gets overloaded we help each other out um, we also have an amazing team of people I mean three of us kind of steer the ship but uh-huh. There's uh, there's dozens of people that are constantly working on these projects with sure. us that are amazing. So, and you've talked about those people as, as a family, and obviously you work with your family. Um, yeah, I mean it's our organization is a big family. We've said yeah. that from the beginning. Um, most of the core people that produce our festival and run our company have been with us since the beginning. And we've all grown up together. We've all learned the ropes together, learned how these things work together. And, you know, some people live together. We all party together. We all yeah. hang out together. It's, it's been a lot of relationships that have happened over the years. Sure, yeah. It's all very intertwined. But so that's, that's kind of like the opposite of corporate America, right? Which is so impersonal, disconnected. It is. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because the bigger we get... You know, there's a lot of challenges, and yeah. when you're working with people that you love and care about, you can't just let those people go if it's not working out. Yeah. Or if you do let people go that you care about, it's really hard. It's yeah. a really difficult experience. So uh, sometimes, you know, or sometimes if you know somebody really well and they're a good friend, they don't respect you the way you need to be respected, or they don't listen to what needs to be done the way you need it done because sure. they don't necessarily respect you in the same way so there's definitely a lot of challenges but I don't think that I think if you're working with a bunch of strangers and nobody is really close to each other I think that would kind of suck mm-hmm. so I like the way we're doing it nice um, and then and so you're saying you're, you're more of the curator and I know you're you're kind of focused on the, the programming yeah I I used to book all the music now I'm, I'm slowly starting to pass it off to a team of people oh cool um just so I can focus on, you know, the future yeah. and new things. Yeah. And then I, I don't book everything else, but I kind of, I build the teams that do all the curating and booking, and yeah. I work with them and, and kind of oversee it all. So, uh, yeah, content curation is kind of my, my specialty. So, what makes you good at that? What makes me good at it? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I am good at it, but I like to think that I try and put myself in the shoes of a lot of people. Like, I have my opinion. A lot of people are like, okay, well, that lineup sucks. I'm like, okay, maybe it sucks for you, but can you put yourself in the shoes of 25,000 other people? And can you think about how it can be well-balanced? Something for everybody. Like, a little bit here, a little bit there. So for me, I feel like I'm really good at that, putting myself in other people's shoes and trying to understand, like, what they would like and where they're coming from. Yeah. And... Not having to be like, this is what I want to see, sure. but this is what I think that everybody is going to want to see. I think that's what makes a good curator. Yo, if you are digging this episode, uh, check out my man Claude Von Stroke back in the Rebel Radio archives. I sat down with him almost a year ago. Claude Von Stroke is the founder of Dirty Bird Records, which also does the Dirty Bird Camp Out which is kind of a mini festival produced in partnership with the Do Lab. So uh, it's a good tie into this one. If you're enjoying my talk with Jesse, I'm sure you're going to 
enjoy the Claude Von Stroke. Check that out after you finish this interview right here. What's the hardest part of that? Um, I mean, for us, the hardest part is not being able to afford to do what we really want to do. You know, especially when it comes to speakers and workshops. You know, like we want to get all these these great authors and people to come in, but big authors get hundred thousand bucks to come speak or fifty thousand bucks, and sure. that's like our entire budget. You know, for some projects, so yeah. it's that's challenging. Like I wish it we didn't. I wish money wasn't a factor, and then we could really curate the most amazing show in the world. And yeah. but money, unfortunately, is a factor. It's annoying. It gets in the way of everything. Like we want to build all these great structures, mm -hmm. and once you start to tally up what it costs, it's oh, like man, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we're like, well, shit, we really want to do this, but does it make sense to spend all this money? Will people appreciate it? Do people appreciate that structure out there? Yeah. Like they come in and they rage, but do they really appreciate the amount of work that went into it? I don't know. So that's like the dilemma of the creative, right? Is like, you know, these guys, you know, that make music, like they sweat over the. You know the tone of the hi hat, right? Yeah. In the studio for hours, and then it's like a bunch of drunk or whatever people that just you know they're not paying attention to that yeah. level of detail, right? So it's the same thing, right? Yeah. But I think some people would argue like people don't consciously process all of that, but it still affects the experience. Absolutely. I mean, and that's kind of been our our whole motto from the very beginning. It's like, it's all about the details. Like we've always focused on the details and really buttoning things up and, and making sure everything's super dialed. So yeah, they don't know they're appreciating it, but they are. It's part of the grand scheme. Yeah. But it'd be nice if, you know, somebody be like, hey man, the holes you drilled in that <laughs> huge beam are spot on, you know? Totally. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. No, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> um, Is there, is there one decision that's had the greatest effect on your career? Hmm. One decision? I, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of one decision that has, but I, it's weird that you ask that because I feel like that one decision might be coming mm. still, you know? Yeah. Like I, I feel like there's gonna be a, a shift soon because we're all, like I said earlier, like we're we're at a place where something needs to change for yeah. us. Like we can't, we're we're almost forty now. Uh, this is our thirteenth Coachella building out here. Yeah. You know, like we've been throwing this party for thirteen years. Uh, you can't, you just can't keep doing it. You know, sure. it's like we know we can do it. We're really good at it. It's when it, it's not exciting to us. Anymore. Now I feel like I want to have you back on in a year. To see what that decision. Yeah, I mean, maybe that'll happen. I, I, I personally, and like, I feel like my brother's in the same place, but I think we want to shift our focus. Like, we'll continue to do this, but I think we want to shift our focus to, to, to reaching more people in a way that's not in a party atmosphere, but something that can really be, like, a contribution to the world. Yeah. So. Um, but I don't know what that decision is. I need to go on vacation and think about it. <laughs> yeah, do you take do you take a break after uh, Lighting in a Bottle? After LIB, yeah, we this year our schedule has us fairly open for June and July, so we're hoping to uh, to to rest and take some time off yeah. before we figure out what's next for us. But uh, that one decision question, I got to think about that. All right, that's well, really we, interesting. Yeah, yeah. come on. You know, let me know when you when you figure it out, and I'll have you back on. I know that they yeah they say that you know you only make one or two decisions in your life that are like you know key yeah. decisions. Yeah. 
I know for me personally in my life, I, you know, when I was 19, I dropped out of college and I moved here to California. Moving to California was by far the decision that, I mean, sure. that was, I, that's the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. But that wasn't a company decision. That was just me. Still, that's yeah. a big one. Uh, well, we usually do this, like, you know, we try to go for an hour, but, you know, we're going to cut it short. I don't think we're going to make it No, hour, definitely not. <laughs> we'll, we'll be, uh be dehydrated by then um, so I just have a couple of last like speed questions that we like to do and, and one um, since you're a reader what's uh, what's the, the last great book the last I mean the last great book that I read and I'm reading the sequel right now but it's called Sapiens um, and it's by uh, Yuval Harari okay and uh, this he's uh, He's a professor, I forget where, but it's it's basically about the evolution of humanity and how we've come to be where we are now. Uh, cool. And it covers everything from language and religion and money yeah. um, all the way up to the present time. And has a sequel, which I actually just started this week. I can't wait to finish it. Is uh, It's kind of about the future and where humans are going. Interesting. And we're kind of like, we're just racing blindly into the unknown. Technology changes so fast. Yeah. We don't really know where we're going in 50 years. Nobody can predict what's going to be going on. So I highly recommend it. This It blew my mind. It changed my perspective on the world. Nice. I've been recommending I've been buying it for people. And oh, cool. it for people. I get awesome. sacked with the book. So. Nice. We'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if I worked at Doolab, what is something I would hear you say over and over? Cut it in half, divide it by three. That's what I say to people when we're talking about budgets. Everybody always wants to spend money. They're like, well, yeah. let's, what, what can we do here? I was like, cut it in half, divide it by three. That's, okay. That's my quote. Nice. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, and then, uh, do you have a favorite DJ? A favorite DJ? Man, I listen to so much music. That's a tough one. Um, what about favorite live? Like someone that's played, you've seen play live. Um, lately, I've been listening a lot to an artist called Monolink. Okay. From Germany. taking a little break right now. I'm trying to just like cleanse my palate. I've been listening to podcasts, which I just recently got into. Nice. What's uh, any favorite podcast? I mean, I I've been listening to the daily, just news ones, because uh -huh. like I, it's nice to just catch up. My drive to work is like a perfect 22 minutes. Oh yeah. So I get like a quick little. Right on. But yeah, what's a good podcast I should listen to? Uh, I really like how I built this. Oh yeah, I love that one. The the, the Richard Branson is stellar. Yeah. I read his book. He's yeah. it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. With those guys, like Richard Branson, Elon Musk, those guys. I don't know how. I mean, we're just trying to run our little business here. You know what I mean? Sure. And it stresses me the fuck out, and I, I'm like, I want to quit. I don't know how those guys run those huge. I mean, multiple businesses at the scale they're running them. It blows my mind. It's unbelievable. So what was cool to me about the Branson one is like, you know, he started out like we did. 
right? Like he was telling yeah, you know, he had the kid. story about driving across the border with records in his trunk yeah, and he got arrested. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was just a kid like starting it out and you know because you know you see him on TV and you, he's this larger than life character. He's yeah. got his own island and all this shit. And you he bought for like a couple hundred grand. It's crazy. Crazy. But you know what I mean? You don't think of him as a dude who's like smuggling records in his trunk and just trying to figure it out as he goes. But but that's who he was. I mean, most people that have built anything big started out yeah. with nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't know where like this, all this could go. That's what I'm constantly thinking about. Like we have something going. Clearly, there's something going on here. So like, what's the potential? Like, yeah, we could milk the fuck out of it, and we could make a fortune by just branding everything and sure. doing that whole thing. But that's not really what we want to do with it. So it's it's like, where do we find the balance in between LIB and Coachella? Like, Coachella is too far to one direction. Mm-hmm. LIBs, I don't think it's too far in the other direction. But I feel like a happy balance in the middle mm-hmm. is what we got to find. But it's really challenging. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of people that will, will support kind of wherever you go. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate your time there. It's great yeah. to be. Yo, that's a wrap. That was Jesse Fleming, founder of the Do Lab Live at Coachella. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave us a review on iTunes. Hit us on Facebook, Twitter. Make sure you check out our YouTube page for videos from every episode. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.